welcome to the International Family Church Podcast. Each year during the holiday season, the IFC family comes together to be a blessing to organizations making a difference in our surrounding communities and throughout the world. This year, we'll be giving to four organizations, the North Reading Food Pantry, Olive in July in Lawrence, Massachusetts, Teen Challenge in Manchester, New Hampshire, and the Grace Dream Center in San Pedro Sula, Honduras. We want to come alongside each of these organizations and help resource them so they can have a greater impact in the coming year. From now until December 22nd, you can be a part of this opportunity by either writing Legacy Offering on your envelope, or you can select Legacy Offering from the menu when you give online. Visit intlfamilychurch.com or the IFC mobile app to learn more about these organizations and to be a blessing this holiday season. Now here's today's message. Again, welcome today to our final part, part three in our three-part series entitled The World of the Generous. I've so been enjoyed this series. And our key verse of scripture is found in Proverbs 11, 24 and 25. We actually adopted these two verses many years ago, now decades ago, um, that we would uh, use these verses as the challenge for us to continue to grow as a church. It says here in Proverbs 11, the world of the generous gets larger and larger, and the world of the stingy gets smaller and smaller. The one who blesses others is abundantly blessed, and those who help others are helped. And we've been asking this question to each person in this series, what size is your world? You know, you have a choice in the size of your world. You can keep a small world if you want to. You can keep a world that's consumed with yourself or your needs or the drama of your life and the challenges that seem so overwhelming in your own life and keep a small world. Or you can make a decision like we did years ago to say, you know what, we want to live in a large world. And we want our world to get larger and larger. And almost four decades ago, we made a decision that here at IFC that our world would get larger and larger every year. We believe that's happened over the years. You know, a few days before Thanksgiving, we were able to bless 300 families with $50 gift certificates in Lawrence to help them with their Thanksgiving dinner. You know what that says? IFC's world got larger and larger that day. Every time we pay for a water well and somewhere in in West Africa or Central Africa or anytime we bless a missionary or anytime we help a food pantry or or give money away to to be a blessing to whatever the need might be, man, our world gets larger and larger over the decades. Millions of dollars have been sowed into other people's lives, other nonprofit lives of missionaries, churches, and so forth. And guess what? Our world just gets larger and larger and larger. What I love about when your world gets larger and larger is contagious, yes. right? Everyone wants their world to get larger and larger, and it's, but it's, a, it's something that we have to really purpose in our heart because it's easy to be selfish. It's easy to be us for no more mentality. It's easy to say, I've got to batten down the hatches, man. All hell is breaking loose in my house or in my world, and, and, and we don't think of others, and, uh, but that's God's heart, and I want to help you with that again today. Amen. So our, our question is, how much influence do you want to walk in? What do you want to be known for? And we've learned some things here that I believe has been very helpful. Part one, we talked about our main point. Before you can enter the world of the generous, you must first pass the heart test. We talked about the selfish heart, the grieving heart. We talked about the generous heart. And so the selfish heart attacks us before we give. 
The grieving heart attacks us after we give, meaning I shouldn't have done that. Man, I could have kept that money. But we all are striving for this generous heart. And last week, Pastor Josh did an outstanding job. Would you agree that he did a, a great job? And he said this last week was his main point. God wants, you to do, God wants to do more for us than he's currently doing. But we have to stop robbing him of the opportunity. I thought that was such a profound statement. And, and how do we rob him from opportunities to bless us? Well, and he talked about three things that really enlarge our world. Tithing, offering, giving, and sacrificial giving. Outstanding message. And I would encourage you to get a hold of those two messages today. Um, get online, intlfamilychurch.com, over to the media section, and all of the messages are archived there. And I believe they'll be a great, great blessing to you. In the last two weeks, we've clearly established that it is God's will to get something to you, not take something from you. Yeah. Right? That's so important that you get that in your heart. Because anytime we hear about generosity or giving or prosperity or increase, we immediately think, what is somebody trying to take from me, right? We immediately think of it from a negative perspective, and maybe there are places that do that. Um, uh, but that's not what we do here at IFC. And so we've established that really God's heart is not to take something from you. He doesn't need your money. He's, he's pretty doing pretty good all by himself, right? He doesn't need our money, but he's always trying to bring something to us, open up our hearts and open up the blessing of God and set us up for something good. He's never trying to deter or you know, divide. He's always trying to add and multiply. That's the kind of God he is. Today in our final part, I want to talk to you about the why. Why God wants your world to get larger and larger. It's important that we understand the why. You know, how we do it and what we do is always, it's always changing. See, the why doesn't change. The why always establishes in something that's consistent. And the how and what might change, but the why always remains the same. And so here's our big takeaway for today. Here's our one main point I want you to go home with. There is no greater joy than to live your life being committed to blessing others. Amen. Let's talk about that today. Let's unpack this whole aspect about being committed to blessing others, being committed to be others-minded. And that does go crosswise with many people because of how they were brought up, how, uh, what they've experienced in their life, and they're more, their mind is more on themselves right, than, they, than it is on other people. Anytime we talk about the blessing of God or anytime we talk about God's will to, to bless others, I believe a great place to start is always found in Matthew chapter 6, verse 33. Very important verse. It says here, but seek first the kingdom of God. What's that say? Seek first. seek first, but seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be added unto you. See, order is a big deal for God. God wants things done in order. There's a Bible order when, you are, when order is restored in your life, when order is in place, when your heart is right with God, when you're tithing, when you're giving, uh, when you're being a blessing to others, yeah. something happens in our lives. God doesn't care if you have a second or a third or a fourth or a fifth, but as long as he's first. Amen. And that's something I work on on a regular basis to make sure God's first because we can get sidetracked by distractions, can't we? 
We can get sidetracked by the drama. We can get sidetracked by, by our thought life. We can get sidetracked by the craziness of life. And we always have to remember to bring it back to make sure that God is first in our lives. For almost 40 years here at IFC, we've been teaching that it's not God's will for you to be stuck in poverty. Poverty isn't, that's not God's heart. That's not God's will for you to walk in poverty. And what I mean by poverty is walking in not enough or just enough. And Vern and I both are very acquainted with both, very intimately acquainted with both. And so here's our definition. Not enough is someone who is bound by lack and feels angry, hopeless, and victimized. Terrible place to be. You ever felt that way? Have you ever felt angry, hopeless, and victimized? Just enough is possessing just enough for your needs and no more. But we're always desiring to what? Develop into more than enough. Is possessing more than enough for you and the ability to give to others. Amen. Amen. See, we're, we all find ourselves somewhere on this list. We all find ourselves, maybe you're right now in, stuck in not enough. Or you finally came out of not enough, but you're now in just enough where most people live. But it's God's will for us to continue to grow and become in that place where we have more than enough, right? Now, that's always a work in progress. None of us have arrived, but that's God's will. That's God's plan. His plan is to prosper you in every area of your life. That's his plan. Amen. Now, please understand, prosperity, if it's taught biblically, prosperity is never the end result. It is the end result. Prosperity is the end result, but it's not. It's how we get there. That's what I'm going to talk about. See, understand something. Prosperity is a byproduct, amen, a byproduct of a specific lifestyle. Amen. So I don't pursue prosperity, but I pursue the lifestyle that opens the door to prosperity. See, that's, that's a very important point. I open up a lifestyle that says, if I pursue God and I seek him first, right, he'll add all these things to me. So it's a byproduct. We are not pursuing things any more than we pursue prosperity. You know why? We don't have to. We don't have to. What we have to do is make sure the first thing is the first thing. Amen. See, prosperity is a byproduct of pursuing God. Increase is a byproduct of holy living. More than enough is what? It's a byproduct of our priorities being in the right order. Amen. We're not seeking after things. We're not seeking after material things. Prosperity is not just the all in all, right? It's really a relationship with God. And the, a relationship with God, there's this overflow of the blessings of God. Amen. So it's important that we understand that today, that seeking first the blessings of God Seeking first the, his nature, seeking first his love, seeking first who he is, makes all the difference in the world. Amen. Let's take a few minutes today. I want you to hear from God's word, covenant language. I want you to hear God's heart for you. I want you to hear what it sounds like when God speaks a blessing over his people. Because you need to get used to that. Because there's always so much distraction, negative talk, right? Self, negative self-talk. There's always this stuff that always stands in the way. And I love covenant language. 
And I love to hear God's heart for his people. I want want us to take a minute and read in Deuteronomy 28. Deuteronomy 28. Deuteronomy 28, thank you. Um, We're going to start at verse 1. And I want you to take the time. We're going to read a few more verses than I normally read, but listen to the heart of God. Listen to how he speaks over us. Listen to how much he loves us. It says this in in Deuteronomy 28, start verse 1. If you fully obey the Lord your God and carefully keep all his commands that I'm giving you today, the Lord your God will set you high above all the nations of the world. You will experience all these blessings if you obey the Lord your God. Your towns and your fields will be blessed and your children and your crops will be blessed and the offspring of your herds and flocks will be blessed and your fruit basket and your breadboards will be blessed. Wherever you go and whatever you do, you will be blessed. The Lord will conquer your enemies when they attack you. They will attack from one direction, but they will scatter from you in seven. Don't you love this? The Lord will guarantee a blessing on everything you do and will fill your storehouses with grain. The Lord your God will bless you in the land he is giving you. If you obey the commands of the Lord your God and walk in his ways, the Lord will establish you as a holy people, as he swore he would do. Then all the the nations of the world will see that you are a people claimed by the Lord. And they will stand in all of you. The Lord will give you prosperity in the land. He swore to your ancestors to bless all your work. Amen. Amen. And it's so important that you get this in in your heart to understand how valuable this is. So blessings you, blessing you with many children, numerous livestock, the abundant crops. I mean, it just goes on and on, doesn't it? And the Lord will send rain at the proper time from this rich treasury in the heavens and will bless all the work you do. You will lend to many nations, but you will not need to borrow from them. If you listen to these commands of the Lord, your God, that I'm giving you today, and if you are careful to obey them, the Lord will make you the head and not the tail. And you will always be on top and never at the bottom. That's so good news. He must not You must not turn away from any of the commands I am giving you today, nor follow after other gods and worship them. Man, that's awesome. That's covenant language. And that's the covenant that God made, amen, through Abraham to the nation of Israel. And and the, the byproduct of all this is what? When you read all this, the byproduct is all your needs will be met and you'll have more left over to meet the needs of others. Amen. That's his plan. From the very beginning, that was his plan, that we would be so blessed, right, that we could be a blessing to others. I love the Living Bible of verse 13. It says, you, you shall always have the upper hand. That's a covenant person. You'll always have the upper hand. Do you remember what the Apostle Paul said to those who are followers of Christ? It goes right in long, along with this. It says, if you are Christ, how many here are in Christ? Right? You're a Christ follower? If you are in Christ, then you are Abraham's seed and heirs according to the promise. Right? What we just read in Deuteronomy 28, it belongs to every child of God. It belongs to you. It's part of helping us recognize God and his plan 
for our lives. And the promise here again is what? That he'll meet every one of your spiritual needs, physical needs, material needs, so that you can be a blessing to others. Amen. I love Genesis 12 because God continues to speak over Abraham and he says, I will make you a great nation. I will bless you and make your name great and you will be a blessing. And in you, all the families of the earth shall be blessed. Isn't that good news today? Amen. See, from the beginning of time, this was always God's plan. Amen. His intent is clear. And Abraham would be a blessing to all the families of the earth. And that's how God desires for us to operate today in our lives. This is the heritage of every follower of Christ, to be blessed and be a blessing to all the families or nations of the earth. Now, you need to think on that and meditate on that and be committed to that and recognize that is your heritage. This belongs to you. And if anything else but this is in your life, you're not walking in God's highest and best. Amen. God so desires for you to learn and to grow and to recognize that this is his master plan for your life. Years ago, 30 plus years ago, the Lord gave me this definition of prosperity. Prosperity is not what you can get, but what you can give and release to others. Amen. That's such balance of God's word. That's so important because many critics of prosperity will tell us that all we care about is things. And that's not true. We don't. Never taught that. Never have taught that. Never believe that because prosperity is not what I can get. It's always about what I can give and release to others. The purpose of prospering, the purpose of being blessed, the purpose of increase is so that, that every need in my house is met and so that I can be a blessing to others. How many believe that today? It, whether it's operating in your life right now or not, whether it's just exactly how you want it or not, it's still the will of God. It is his plan. Amen. I, I love how the Apostle Paul bragged about the Corinthians. He bragged about them in such a way that, that really he observed uh, their behavior in their giving and their heart of generosity. And he brags on them in 2 Corinthians chapter 9, 1 and 2. He says, I realize that I really don't even need to mention this to you about helping God's people. For I know how eager you are to do it. And I have boasted to the friends in Macedonia that you were ready to send an offering a year ago. In fact, it was this enthusiasm of yours that stirred up many of them to begin helping. Something about generosity that's contagious. Something about the enthusiastic heart that desires to give and desires to bless really inspires other people. The church here at Corinth was so excited about preparing this offering that it, 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 it inspired the church of Macedonia. There was something about it that just absolutely opened up people's hearts to give, and it was so exciting. And he says this about them in, in 2 Corinthians 9.10. I love this in the message translation. This generous God who supplies abundant seed for the farmer which becomes bread for our meals, is even more extravagant toward you. First, supplies, first he supplies every need plus more. Then he multiplies the seed as you sow it so that the harvest of your generosity will grow. Man, that's so good. That's God's plan. 
When you start giving, he, he says he gives seed to the farmer or seed to the sower. He doesn't give seed to the hoarder. He doesn't give seed to the stingy person. He gives seed to the sower. When you sow, whatever amount that is, you open up the avenue, you open up God's reservoir, amen, to bless you so that you have seed to sow, right? Seed to sow. Some of that seed you use to make bread or feed yourself, right, to meet your needs. And then after that's all done, there's, a, there's enough plus more so that you can be a blessing to others. That's God's heart. That's God's heart. That's God's people. That's who we are here at International Family Church. That's the, God's desire for us is to have his covenant with us is, is twofold, to bless us personally and to make us to be a blessing to many others. I, I'm grateful for that. Unfortunately, many people don't believe that. Unfortunately, many people don't understand how true that is, to be a blessing and the joy of being a blessing. The phrase, to be a blessing, means to be an instrument of God's divine favor. I like that. To be a blessing, to be an instrument of God's divine favor. I hope you pray on a daily basis, Lord, make me an instrument. I want to be your hands and your eyes and your ears and your heart. I want to be your feet. Make me an instrument. And I believe that if, if that's our prayer, that he'll continue to help us to be an instrument. I, I, I love how my pastor explains this. Um, he said, a blessing is my instrument through which my divine favor flows through you to another, preventing misfortune in their lives. That's good. My pastor, Dr. Jerry Savelle, isn't that so good? That's why he does it. He wants to flow through you to prevent misfortune in somebody else's life. Wow. What a way to live. What a way to pray. What an opportunity. When's the last time you helped somebody else in need? When's the last time you helped somebody else pay a bill or bless somebody else or knew something and, and, and how God used you to make a difference. So I know we can't help every person. I get it. I, and I understand that, that some of the amounts might not be able to, to do it all yourself. But, but, but having that idea to say, Lord, everything I have, I want you to use as an instrument. Everything I have, I want you to use it to help me prevent somebody else from going through such terrible experiences. See, when you finally learn to be unselfish, here's what happens. This desire begins to grow in you to bless others. You have an expectation of prosperity. I expect to prosper. Why? Because God knows that when it comes to me, it's going to go through me. There's something about this desire to grow and prosper. This desire to expect God to move on your behalf as we pray and as we believe God. My wife was meditating one day on prosperity and combined it with love. And the Lord spoke this very important statement to her. And it really has stuck with us all these years. And the Lord said to her, to not desire to prosper violates the law of love. Are you there? That's profound. To not desire to prosper violates the law of love. Anybody who ever tells you it's not God's will to prosper, they're lying to you. It's not true. It is God's will to prosper you. 
Anybody who says it's not God's will to prosper you had, does not have a revelation of the love of God. When you have a revelation of the love of God, man, you know God because you know his heart. You know that he gave his one and only son. He showed us the example of extreme prosperity. He showed us what it, what it meant to be a blessing. He showed us and, and, and was the great example to that. And I've realized that anybody who says, well, you know, I just want to bless, I just want to be blessed just enough to bless me and my kids and pay my own bills, that's selfish. It sounds so noble. It sounds so like the right thing to do. But I, I don't want enough just to pay my bills. Come on, I don't want enough. It's getting quiet in this church today for some reason, right? I don't want enough just to bless me. I mean, who's going to bless the orphans, the widows, the disabled? Who's going to bless a single mom? Who's going to reach the unengaged, unreached people groups of the world? Who's going to bless our towns and our cities? And who's going to help the people that are addicted and bound? Who's going to do that? I am. You are. We are. That's what we do. That's what, it, that's what it's all about. Amen. And because I love God and I know how much God loves me, I want to prosper. I desire to prosper. I expect to prosper. I am prospering in Jesus' name. Right? Amen. None of us have arrived at the place where we all believe in God for, but we are sure on our journey when you understand the power of giving and the power of generosity. Amen. I... Years ago, my wife and I, we have kicked small to the curb. Amen. And we embraced large. Amen. We really have. We've embraced large. And I want you to embrace large. I want you to understand the power of giving. There's no greater joy in life than being a blessing. Listen, it's a thrill to have something a person needs get the tap on the shoulder from God to say, give it to them. And when you do, and you see the smile on their face, or the tears coming out down their face, and thinking, I just cried out to God, like, God, I don't know how this is going to work. And lo and behold, this check shows up, this card shows up, this phone call, right? Something happens. There's no greater joy to know that you just help somebody through the most difficult time of your life, of their lives, by simply saying, yes, Lord, I know what they need. I have what it takes to meet the need. And yes, it all belongs to you. And you feel free to tap me on the shoulder anytime you want to make sure that I can give it away. Amen. Acts 20, 35 says, it's more blessed to give than receive. Doesn't mean it's not a blessing to receive. Somebody has to receive it. Right? Right? Somebody has to receive it, but it's more blessed to give it. Doesn't mean it's not blessed to receive it, but it's a joy in giving. It's a joy in making sure that your heart is in that place. And I'm so grateful for that. There's nothing on earth that surpasses that joy. Well, there might be one thing, giving your heart to Jesus. I think that trumps it all, right? Giving your heart to Jesus and saying yes to him and make him Lord of your life. There's no, that's the greatest of joys. That's the biggest of miracles. But I believe next to that, being in a position to bless others is a great privilege. Amen. Great privilege. It's a great honor. It really is. So one last time, the why behind the generosity. Amen. The why behind it all is there is no greater joy than to live your life being committed to blessing others. I tell you, when you do it once 
and you hear what happens because of your giving, you'll want to do it again and again and again. There's nothing greater. There's no better joy than being a blessing to others. That's who International Family Church is. That's what we have desired to become over these years and will continue to be known as that crazy radical church over there in North Reading, Massachusetts that are blessing the nations every Sunday morning that are reaching their world from the neighbors to the neighborhood, the neighborhoods to the nations for his honor and for his glory. Amen. Did you learn something today? Come on, let's stand to our feet. Why don't you lift up those hands towards heaven if you can. Just tell the Lord you love him for a moment. Will you tell him that? Will you open up your heart and say, Lord, I love you. Thank you for loving me. Thank you that my world gets larger and larger. I'm done with smaller and smaller. I'm time now, Lord, to get larger and larger for your honor and for your glory. Oh, Father, I bless you today. Thank you for loving me. Thank you for honoring me. Thank you, Father God. I, I reverence you and I stand in awe of your goodness. I stand in awe of your love for me. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Wow. We can't be great, more grateful than enough of his goodness. Oh, we love you, Lord. Just bask in that for just a moment. Let God love you as you love him. There's nothing more wonderful than to know that God loves you, that he cares about you. You're important to him. We love you, Father. Thank you, Jesus. You're so faithful. So good. So good. With every head bowed, I want to make sure that Jesus lives in your heart today. I want to make sure that he's alive and well on the inside of you. You know, life only changes when your heart changes. If your heart never changes, your life can never change. If your heart doesn't change, it'll always be a small heart. You'll never have a large heart. Only Jesus can transform the human heart. Only Jesus can change you from the inside out. Jesus cares so much about you today. He died for you and rose again. We celebrated communion today, remembering all that he has done for us. You're here to say, Pastor, I need this Jesus. I don't want to leave this room without making sure that Jesus lives in my heart. I don't want to leave this room without making sure that my sins are forgiven, that heaven is my home, that Jesus lives inside of me and creates this new beginning in my life. If you're here and you say, Pastor, I've never prayed that prayer. I've never opened up my heart to Jesus, but I want to. Today is my day. Today is my day. You say, Pastor, pray for me, please. If that's you, will you raise your hand nice and high? I want, to see, I want to know who you are. I want to pray for you today. Yes, thank you. Thank you. God bless you. Thank you. Amen. Thank you. Anybody else? Raise it up high today. Anybody else today? Say, man, pray for me, Pastor. I want to make sure Jesus lives in my heart. Thank you. Amen. Anybody else? God bless you. Thank you. Wonderful. Don't you just sense the presence of God in this place today? Oh, my. His love is so rich and tangible in the room today. You need to receive that today. Let's just let him love all over you. Thank you, Father. It melts all the worries, all the cares, all the anxiety, 
His love just changes us from the inside out. Thank you, Father. I want us all to pray this prayer together, especially you who raised your hands today. If you didn't raise your hand and you know you needed to, pray this prayer like you mean it today. Say it with me. Father, in Jesus' name, here's my heart. I need you, Jesus. I'm tired of being the boss of me. I'm messing it up. I need you, Jesus. Forgive me from my sin. I denounce my past. I want to live for you. I declare you as my Lord and Savior. I submit under your Lordship. You are now the boss of me. I receive by faith forgiveness, eternal life, salvation. I'll never be the same. In Jesus' name, amen. God bless you. Thanks for listening. To stay connected, find out our service times, or how you can get involved, please visit intlfamilychurch.com for more information. Our mission at International Family Church is to help you know God for yourself, to find freedom in your life, to discover your God-given purpose, and help you make a difference in the lives of those around you. One of the easiest ways you can help us do that is simply by sharing this podcast and connecting with us online. You can do so by subscribing, leaving a review on iTunes, or sharing it with your friends on Facebook. Thanks again for listening.